and welcome to Soul Talk with Rabbi David Aaron and Leora Mandel. Rabbi Aaron, you and I have had um, a number of conversations now on really step-by-step understanding God and really fundamental questions about who God is, what our, how to have a relationship with God. And it was I was thinking recently, actually, as I was praying in the morning, <laughs> that prayer is such a fundamental concept. But as much as it's something that I do engage in regularly, um, the more I think about it, the more I realize is there's words that I say, there's prayers that are formulated. Uh, sometimes I'm more focused, sometimes my mind is wandering. But what exactly is, I guess, what I'd call prayer? What is the mechanism of prayer? And how does it work? I know that I'm praying um, as a combination, I'd say, of it's part of my routine, and I'm hoping that through it I'm connecting to God. But I would like to understand it on a deeper level so that hopefully it can infuse my prayers and and the motivation for my prayers to uh, make it much deeper. Right. Well, the the common understanding of prayer is not what we as Jews do. Uh, the common understanding of prayer is let's say a fellow has a company and it's going bankrupt. So he prays to God and he says to God, God, um, my company is in dire straits. I, I could lose the entire business. Please save my business. And if not for my sake, please have compassion for my children. Well, if God were to answer this fellow, uh, what would he say? I think this is what God would say to him. First of all, let's call him Joe. Uh, Joe, I'm challenged by what you said. Uh, I, I assume you learned a long time ago that everything that happens in the world, I make happen. Uh, so you're telling me your business is, is going bankrupt. I'm, I'm making it go bankrupt. I, I also assume that you know a fundamental principle that Everything I do is always in your best interest. So I'm struggling here while you're asking me to save your business when you should be thanking me because obviously whatever I'm doing is in your best interest. And in addition to that, I, I'm a little bit offended by this comment about being compassionate to your children since, let me remind you, I'm the source of all compassion. And to insinuate that I'm not compassionate and you need to ask me to be compassionate is a bit of an insult, I might say. I mean, what would Joe say to that? I think he'd say, is there anybody else I can talk to up there? Oh. That's basically the problem with prayer. Prayer is based on a premise that I'm trying to get God to change his mind and do what I want. And that is not what we do in Judaism. Uh, also, prayer uh, is problematic in the common way it's understood because it's, again, predicated on some understanding that somehow I could get God to change his mind. W what would it mean that God would change his mind? I mean, why does anybody change their mind? Let's say I'm on my way to a restaurant with my children and I meet a friend and I share with him that we're on our way to this new restaurant. And he says, oh, you probably didn't hear, but that restaurant has been condemned by the, by the Department of Health. Well, so then I changed my mind and I wouldn't go to that restaurant. Why did I change my mind? <clears throat> because I got new information. What would it mean for God who is omniscient, all-knowing, 
what would it mean that he would change his mind? What new information would I be providing him that he would change his mind? So that's why the common understanding of prayer uh, is, in the context of Judaism, uh, ridiculous and really uh, quite heretical. What we do in Judaism is called lehit palel, which is translated as prayer, but is much deeper than that. Lehit palel is, uh, is a verb that's called reflexive. Reflexive means I'm doing something to myself. For instance, if I'm going to dress my son, if I'm going to dress myself, when you have that T sound, it's indicating that the verb is reflexive in something I'm doing to myself. The word that has been translated to pray, is clearly a verb relating to something I'm doing to myself. So the common understanding of prayer is I'm trying to do something to God. But what we understand in the way we associate prayer is we're trying to do something to ourselves. Mm. What are we trying to do to ourselves? We're trying to palel ourselves. We hate palel. And what does palel mean? So in the story of Jacob and his son, Joseph, Jacob is nearing the end of his life. And Joseph comes to his father asking for a blessing for his two sons, Ephraim and Manasseh. This is a very, very emotional moment because for some of us who know the story, um, Yaakov was led to believe that Joseph was killed to find out many years later that he wasn't killed. And now he sees his son and his grandchildren. So he says, Yosef, I never paleled, so to speak. He uses the word palel, that I would have ever seen your face. And yet God has graced me with the ability to see the face of your children. So what does palel mean? Well, so the great commentary Rashi explains, it means I never filled my heart to think the thoughts that I would ever see your face again. So what we mean when we say to pray or to be more specifically palel is we are filling our heart to think the thoughts, to dream the dreams. And that's what we're trying to do. We're not trying to convince God to want what we want. We're trying to get us to want what God wants. We're not trying to get God to change his mind. We're trying to get us to change our minds. For us, prayer is trying to align our vision and our thoughts and our will with God's will. And uh, that's a huge, huge difference. That's why in the, in the synagogue, the leader of the prayer is called a chazan, which comes from the Hebrew word chazon, which means visionary. We actually go to synagogue to practice visionary thinking. We're in the sul to dream about peace and dream about and vision, health in the world and livelihood in the world and, 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 and redemption. And the more we want that, the more that can come in the world because God wants that. Hmm. It sounds like, for many of us, we have to almost go back and look at the prayer book with new eyes in terms of the way we understand prayer gives a very different perspective of what the prayers 
are all about. Now, granted, there's prayers we can say from our own heart, but there's prayers in the prayer book, which are now with the way you're explaining that the prayer is prayer is all about me trying to change myself to want what God wants. That would make me think that all the prayers in the prayer book are giving us insights into what God wants, which is why we're supposed to be saying them. But coming at the prayers with that perspective is a very different kind of prayer than coming with the more traditional perspective of what do I want and can I convince God to bring that about? Exactly. In fact, we can sum up all of Judaism with what the our sages tell us, want what God wants. We study the Torah to know what God wants. We pray to want what God wants. And we do the commandments to live what God wants. And when we know what God wants and we want what God wants and we live what God wants, we live in alignment. And the will and the vision of God can come in the world through us. We become a vehicle. We're like a radio that's tuned in to the will of God and receptive in transmitting it into the world. So where the common understanding of prayer is I'm trying to get God to change his mind and want what I want. Our understanding of prayer is we're trying to change our minds to want what God wants. And just as you put it, the prayer book really embodies what God wants us to want. Hmm. Well, again, I'm going to be going through the prayer book with a totally different set of eyes. I feel like it's so interesting how you can say the same prayers and then with a new perspective, the prayers take on new meaning. So really the prayer book, I would say, is something to really study in terms of sometimes we say, what does God want? Well, there's the Torah, but the prayers which we're saying will give us insight into knowing what God wants. But that leads me to another side of the question. I feel like there's prayers we say because we say them, especially for someone who prays every day. But then there's times in life where we'll pray because we, we're, we're in a tough situation. I feel like a classic situation where we may pray more than usual or someone who may typically not pray will pray is if God forbid someone's ill. And in a sense, though, in my mind, I always feel like we're asking for healing. I, God, please heal this person. But with this explanation, it almost sounds like we should be saying, God, please help me accept your will. No, this is what's going on. Uh, you know, in the prayer book, we have a prayer for healing, and it ends up, blessed be you, God, who is healing the sick. God is always sending healing. The question is, are we tuned into that and being receptive to it? If someone's not well, that means that the blessing of health has been blocked. Mm -hmm. And we're trying to get it unblocked. So we're not trying to, you know, so we have a commandment to pray. And when we pray, what we're doing is it's like, you know, uh, you know, they could tell you in the weather report that it's a gray day and there's no sun, but it's not true. Every day has sun. It's just clouds that are blocking the sun out. When we think, speak, and act in ways that are ungodly, we are blocking out the presence and the guidance and the blessings of God from our lives. And, uh, and when someone is sick, it doesn't necessarily mean that they did it. It could be that we all in some way have been blocking out God's blessing of health in the world. And it's a longer story why this particular person is, is, is dealing with it. But we have to be very careful not to think, oh, it's his problem, not my problem. Hmm. So just I want to clarify this for myself, and I'm sure many of us listening, um, this is so important. So the mind space I'm in when I'm praying is very important, which is why this conversation is so important. So if someone's ill, 
and I'm asking God for something, but it really could be anything. Maybe I'm asking God for my business to be more successful, uh, for my child to uh, meet the right, uh, get the help that they need. I mean, there could be so many things we so to, we do ask from God, but we have to be careful that it's not this mindset of the first way that we mistake prayer is, okay, God, I need this from you, <laughs> or you can change your mind and maybe this person will get better. It needs to be more in a mind space of health exists, wealth exists, success exists, and I want to do your will, but I need to change something in myself to so that I can clear out whatever blockages might be stopping me from having health, wealth, success, et cetera. Exactly. That's the mind space. It's, like, it's like right now there's music playing in the room, but we might not hear it because we didn't plug in, turn on and tune in the radio. So too, Judaism is saying that a life of mitzvot, of learning Torah and prayer, is how we tune into the blessings of God that are here and now and always, but are not penetrating into our perceptual world. Hmm. But there, would, would there be ever be a concept of, let's say, some per, one person is meant to have wealth and another person is meant to struggle? So it's not meaning it all exists, but it's not always, I mean, for me, no matter how much I pray, no matter how much I change myself, this specific thing that I want may not happen anyhow. Yeah, but it depends on what your definition of wealth is. Judaism mm -hmm. says a wealthy person is a person who is happy with their portion. Mm. So you could have a person that has a, a mansion, but they're actually poverty stricken because that's that's that mansion is not doing them well. So I think we also have to be more broader in what we think is uh, what is truly blessing in our lives, and maybe mm -hmm. things that are very challenging and don't feel like a blessing right now, we're going to look back and realize was an incredible blessing, in fact. Hmm. You know, I, I, my, this is such a different perspective. And even though I, I feel like I have connected to God through prayer, this is obviously a very um, powerful self-work because now I think it turns it away from God, give this to me too. I have to change myself in this process. But it changes any request or any thought of change we're asking God for because I think what it turns back on is anything I want. I want to get along better with my spouse or my family or my sibling or someone at work. Whatever it is, it's not about all these circumstances are going to magically change and make things better. It's through the process of prayer and bringing God into the picture. I may change in this process or hopefully will change. And then the circumstances around me based on my changes might change. Exactly. It's important to know we are asking God for health, but not because we're trying to change his mind. When we ask God for health, we're first of all acknowledging you, God, are the source of health. And I genuinely, genuinely want to be healthy. And the more you know that God is the source of health and the more you want health for the right reasons, the more God's blessing of health will be able to channel into your life. Hmm. So to a great degree, it really sounds like um, there's so much bounty of God's love that exists in the world. But part of what we're doing is making ourselves uh, conduits to receive it. And sometimes the version of me that I am before prayer and uh, keeping certain mitzvot is, is a different version of the person I end up becoming after the prayer and the mitzvot. And by asking God and wanting it, I'm a new person. And then there's times that that can clear the space to then have those blessings enter my life. Exactly. Oh. Right on. Okay. So this is obviously a very um, revolutionary to me um, understanding of prayer, but 
it also, I think, creates an, a different kind of opportunity of the relationship we have with God. Because if my thought of prayer is about, okay, God, I need you to change your mind, or I need you to give me things that I want or think I need, that's a very different kind of relationship than uh, recognizing, as you're explaining, that God, it's all out there. God wants to give us all these blessings, or these or, uh, these blessings all exist, but I am changing myself, which ultimately we say in all relationships, the only person I can change is me. But I think it yeah. really does change the relationship I have with God. Exactly. You know, there's a story about a little boy that asked his father for a, a new bicycle. And uh, the father kept saying no. And after a month of being persistent, the father said, okay, son, go into the garage. So the little boy went to the garage and there was this new bicycle and his older brother laughing. And he said, what's so funny? He said, this bicycle has been in the garage for two months already. And dad had every intention to give it to you, but he was waiting for you to understand where it comes from and want it for the, the right reasons. Mm. So, so often, wow, what a powerful analogy. I mean, all the uh, examples you're giving really uh, make the points, at least for me, very clear. Think of a parent. This is so often the um, analogy that's given that God is our father. And this example really does show that so often a parent does want to give something to the child that once they're ready for it to receive it, it really doesn't help to sometimes the very same thing you give too much. It can actually be to the child's detriment. But when the child's ready and that's us, we are God's children. Sometimes there's blessings God wants to give us, but through prayer, and this is what's so powerful is we change ourselves. And the more we can change ourselves, the more we can make ourselves receptacle to receive the gifts that God our Father wants to give us. Rabbi Aaron, I really want to thank you because this is such a power. I feel like any of us hearing this is going to have a totally different prayer experience and thereby also a very different relationship and a more powerful relationship with God. I want to thank you all for joining us. Soul Talk, Rabbi David Aaron and Leora Mandel.